Hey, we're going to have a great time this morning, and uh, I just want to pick up a message that, uh, that God has been speaking to me about, and uh, I've been just been really challenged by what Pastor Mike's been preaching on, and, and just, just talking to different ones, and, and what God's been speaking to you all about, and uh, so I just want to uh, build on that today, and, and last Sunday, uh, I think the second service, uh, Liz sang a song, she's just started to sing out in the spirit, it's a new day, it's a new day, it's a new day. And I just sense in my spirit, I just know right now that, that God has brought us through a, uh, an incredible time and that just as we're coming into a new season, which starts in, I think, two days, I think tomorrow's the 31st. And how many days in there in November? 31 or 30, yeah. So that means Tuesday is the start of a whole new season. It's summertime! <laughs> Whoa! And so summer's a great time of the year. And, and uh, just as the season is changing... It's a new day. The Bible says, Jesus says, that his mercy is new every morning. And that's a, that's a great thing because we need God's mercy every morning. Amen? Maybe you don't, but I do. <laughs> and, um, and so it's a great thing. A very exciting time that we're, that we're living in right now. And uh, I just sense that, that there's a, a shaking going on. There's been a shaking in many people's lives. There's a shaking and, and changing the whole world at the moment. And we're all feeling the effect of that. And that's a really good thing because... Um, because God is doing it to, to shake stuff up in our lives and to uh, bring a greater realm of glory over us and to, and to bring us into a place of great peace. And uh, peace is not just about being quiet and, and saying nothing at all. Peace is just more than that. Peace is having an overflowing and, and an abundance of the presence of God over our lives as well. And uh, so I believe it's a new change. It, it's a new season. It's a brand new day today. And today is the first day of the rest of your life. So it's a great day to be alive. <laughs> So whatever's happened in the past, don't worry about it. Uh, today is a new day, and uh, God's got great things in plan in, in, in store for you. Uh, a lot of the time we talk about uh, coming into a new day, and we often hear the word coming up to a new level. And I don't know about you, but I've always wondered what that new level looks like, and how do I know when, I'm get, when I get there and if I'm not there? or uh, Where is that new level? And uh, I believe uh, uh, this level, it's a, it's a greater dimension, and... Um, just, just been exploring that word. The word dimension means a, uh, it's a realm of freedom. It's a realm of freedom. For those of you that were here, that listened to Shane Willard, Shane gave a, gave a fantastic explanation and just gave a, a, a wonderful uh, illustration of, of how we relate to, how, how you and I can relate to God. And, and uh, he, he drew Joe and Jane up on a whiteboard. And Joe and Jane live in a two-dimensional world. And uh, their, their scope of freedom was nothing more than this... <laughs> That was, the, that was the scope of their freedom. That was, that was the dimension that they lived in. They couldn't go out like that. All they could do was like this. You know, God is a, a God of infinite dimensions. And uh, sometimes it's a, it's a struggle to understand and, and, and comprehend his ways. But um, uh, when you add a third dimension, and, and instead of being able to just go like this, a third dimension is you get a, a whole new realm of freedom. You can bring your hand like this. So you and I are, are actually a, a, a four-dimensional being. And so, but God is wanting us to, to shift into a whole other dimensions. And a, 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 so a, a dimension is a realm of freedom. Everybody say a realm of freedom. One more time, a realm of freedom. Realm of freedom. So the opposite of freedom is what? The opposite of freedom is limitation or restriction. So if you live in a two-dimensional world, you're restricted. You don't, you don't even know the concept about bringing your hand forward. All you know is just having your hand sideways like a little puppet. And so God is wanting us to bring us from a, a dimension, bring us into a new dimension, a new dimension of freedom, a new dimension of freedom in your finances, a new dimension of freedom in your marriage, a dimension of freedom most of all in your soul, because the, the most important thing in the world today is, is, is a human soul. 
And uh, the Bible says that as a man believeth or thinketh in his heart, so he is. So if there are restrictions or if there are limitations around our heart, those things need to be broken uh, for us to walk into a new freedom. And uh, we're not talking about uh, a lawless freedom. We're talking about uh, a freedom that comes from God. Some people misinterpret freedom as lawlessness, but actually if you don't have any law, if you don't have any order, as you know, you have chaos in the world. So there's a rise order. Things need to be ordered in a way that we can have freedom. And so God is wanting us to order our lives and bring us into a place where you can have a greater freedom, walk in greater freedom in, in, in many facets, in, in all facets of your life. So the opposite of freedom is limitation or confinement. We're just going to look at a, a story, and, and most of you know this story. It's about the, the Israelites coming out of, uh, out of 435 years of slavery, wandering through the desert, and God brought them into a land of promise. So the Israelites, if you've got your Bibles here, why don't you turn to Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6. Just before that, you don't need to turn to it, but Ezekiel, uh, Exodus chapter 3, God speaks to Moses and he says, I've seen the plight, I've seen the bondage, I've seen the the struggle that my people are are, are living under. I see the the taskmasters that uh, that beat them and I I, I see the different pressures that come upon upon their lives. And and, um, I've come, I've come to, to bring them up. Everybody say bring up. Bring up. God does not want to suppress you or bring you down. God wants you to bring you up into a new dimension of freedom. The word Egypt means this. The word Egypt means motsor. The word motsor means limitation or confinement or restriction. It also means to be besieged, uh, to, to be hemmed in. And uh, all of us, as a, as a result of sin, are, are born into a place of restriction. We're born, sin restricts us. Sin will limit you. Sin will confine you. Sin will limit you. Poverty is a, is a sin. Poverty restricts people. Attitudes and, and mindsets and, and internal beliefs can either free you or they can restrict you. And even though we, you know, we're not Egyptians right now, that, I mean, we're not living in that time, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10 uh, that uh, 2,000 years later, Paul said, let's not be ignorant of, the, uh, of our relationship with Christ. He said, let's not, uh, and he remembers about to that, back to the Egypt, back to the Israelites coming out of Egypt. And he said, the, the Israelites, the, our, our forefathers, they all went under the cloud. They all, every day, had visions of the glory. The glory actually came and manifested itself like a cloud every day. And at nighttime, there was a fire. You'd think, well, if we had that every day, then God must be really pleased with us. We must be doing something right. If the glory, you see a cloud or a fire, you must, you must think that we must be doing something right. But actually, the Bible says that... Uh, and they saw the cloud, and they saw the glory, and they, and they saw the miracles. They saw the sea open up. And if you had the faith, like if you saw the sea open up like that, you'd think, well, God must be okay. We must be okay with God. He must be pleased with us. But the Bible actually says that with most of those people, God was not pleased with. He wasn't happy with. I wouldn't like to be in that position. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be in a place where God's not happy with me. Even if I do see things and whatever, see miracles. I mean, I've seen the dead raised, but I'd rather God be happy with me and pleased with me than seeing the dead raised and things like that. So he says, we've got to learn from their examples. So 2,000 years after that, here we are today, and we can still learn from Israel's history. Even though you and I may not be in, a, in Egypt itself, we may not be wandering in the desert, that the principle's still uh, the same. You and I can still be in a place of Egypt, we can still be in a wilderness, and we can still be in a uh, promised land. I'm going to ask you this question. How do you know if you're even in the promised land? 
How do you know if you're in the wilderness? I'll give you a little trick, a little, a little key on this. Uh, I believe that this, when you, we all believe in, the, most of us here believe in the supernatural and hunger for the supernatural. We hunger for miracles. The difference of, uh, uh, w- w- you can tell where somebody lives, whether it's in the wilderness or Egypt or in the promised land, by the way they pray. Very, very easy. See, all the miracles, all the supernatural miracles that happened in the wilderness were all about uh, protection and provision. I don't think of any other miracle that either wasn't for protection or provision. But when the Israelites came into the promised land, most of the miracles there, the majority of the miracles were about breakthrough and enlargement. Mm. So what sort of prayers do you pray? <laughs> it's good to, uh, um, we have to keep in a, in a place of uh, having our dependence on God. But actually, if our, if our whole supernatural life is asking for protection and provision, then there's, there's something wrong there. But when they were in the promised land, like I said, most of the prayers, most of the miracles were enlargement and, uh, and breakthrough. Think about that. Think about that. So here we got the Israelites are, are coming from a place of, of confinement and limitation into the, through the wilderness, a journey that should have only taken at the max, uh, let's say, 10, 12 days. Really. The, the distance was not that long. But because there was so much grizzling and complaining, and, and, uh, and as you know the story, the journey uh, going from a place of promise, going from a place of confinement and limitation, going from there to a place, a good land, uh, a place that is overflowing, uh, it took 40 years. <laughs> it could have even taken longer. They could have never got there if it wasn't for one man, Joshua. <laughs> And we're going to look at the story of Joshua today. And as you can see, the, the story here that, uh, in Joshua 6, verse 1, and uh, the scenario is that the, uh, Joshua has, uh, Moses is dead, and uh, Joshua uh, is still alive, and he was the one, he's, he's remembering the, the time he wandered through the, the promised land 40-odd years before. Looked at the giants, looked at the, the promises, looked at the, the, what they could have in their lives. And he remembered the disappointment of being shut down and nearly stoned, because of his faith. And then 40 years later, here he is, standing in free. He's coming up to, uh, coming up to Jericho. Jericho was the prize city. Jericho was the, he was the, it was the, it was the one to take. And uh, can you imagine what it would be like for, for 40 years to, to carry a dream inside of your heart? And maybe some of you are carrying dreams inside of your heart for your, your personal life. Maybe it's, um, maybe your, your Egypt, your place of confinement, is, um, is in your heart, your, your beliefs about yourself. Maybe your place of confinement is, uh, maybe it's in marriage, or maybe it's in your, uh, in your self-esteem, or maybe it's uh, things that have happened to you, or uh, maybe it's just life. And uh, if maybe you've been in a place where, uh, you know, your, your siblings have done better than you, and there's been unfavorable comparisons, and uh, maybe you've made some mistakes in your past, and and uh, there's things, these mindsets, it, it, you feel confined. And uh, I believe that God today wants to, to, to break that off you and, and bring you into a place, into a large place. And, um, and so, Josh, how many people know that, uh, you ever been to a restaurant or something like that, and, and they, they, they hand you the menu book, and you, you see all these pretty pictures of all these nice meals, eh? you, you ever seen that? And then you think, wow, that looks good, I'm going to have one of those. And it looks about, yay big, it looks about a meter wide on the, on, the, on, the, on the picture. But when the thing turns up, it's like, oh, where's the meat? 
that's not quite what I expected. <laughs> yeah, you ever thought about maybe uh, maybe you want to get married or something like that? Yeah, yeah. and um, you want to get married and you find this wife, and then all, uh, all of a sudden, once you're married and you're sort of into it for a bit, and then all of a sudden you just you discover that marriage isn't quite what it seems. You, you like the but once you're in, the, you think, God, I thought you'd work it out. I thought you'd see me like this angel and and would have a happy life together. And but it's different. <laughs> it's different. Sometimes the expectations work out different. Yeah? You ask God and say, God. Give me that. God, break through here. God, do this. And then, and then all of a sudden you come to the place and it just it's not what you expect it to work like. And so I believe that Joshua is in a place here where he comes to Jericho and, and he comes to the promised land that God had promised. I'm going to give you this city. I'm going to give you this whole nation. And he comes here and thinks, oh, I wonder what it's going to look like. I wonder, wonder what Jericho is going to look like. I mean, he's going to give it to us. Maybe, maybe all the doors are going to be open and everyone's going to be out in the field and, and we're going to turn up there with our army and just, we're just going to catch him by surprise. And we're just going to waltz on in there. God's going to provide it all for us. Yeah. Oh, this, this probably would have been my thinking. But anyway, Jericho, Joshua comes to Jericho. And the Bible says there that, that Jericho was securely shut up. Ah, well, this is different. <laughs> there's no open doors. There's no welcoming party. There's no... It's not exactly handed on a plate. So the Bible says that Jericho was securely shut up. No one was coming in and no one was going out. Those walls were tight. That was tight. That was watertight. Yeah? You come to your promised land and your, your place of promise, your, your breakthrough, your, the thing that God had promised you, and it's not quite what it seems. Well, this is different. And so Jesus, and, and so the Lord said to Joshua, see, look at the exclamation mark there. It's not just like see, it's see with an excitement. See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and its mighty man of valor. Most of us would think, mm, well, I don't think so. <laughs> it doesn't look like you've given it to me. Uh, let me ask you this question. What do you see? What do you see? What do you see about yourself? What do you see about your situation? Maybe it's a ministry situation. Maybe you're in a part of your life where you're, where you're finding your life is shaking a bit. Maybe it's financial Maybe it's in your business. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's in your identity. Maybe it's something going on inside of your heart. And those words come. See, I've given uh, my promise unto you. I've given your Jericho into your hand today. What do you see? So it's very, very important to, to know what we see. I mean, Shane again was talking a little bit about uh, what we see in our imagination, what we see in our, in our, in our heart, our, our reality will gravitate to. If you see yourself as a pauper, if you see yourself as a poor person, if you see yourself as a, uh, however you see yourself, your reality will gravitate to that. But if you see yourself with the eyes of faith, if you see yourself, see with the eyes of faith, what the Bible says, he says, um, we don't walk by, by, by what we see, but we walk by faith. It's like... Not by what we see with our natural eyes, but what we see with the eyes of our heart. The thing, that, what we see in our heart and what we see with our natural eyes can actually be poles apart. How many people know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. So it's very important that you and I learn to see our situation, whether it's in our, in our heart, our, our difficulties, our, our limitations, our, our Egypts in our life. It's very important that we learn to see those with the eyes of faith. Because if we see them and look with the natural eyes, you'll be disappointed and you'll never leave the place of the wilderness. 
And so uh, Joshua came and he, he says, See, I have given Jericho into your hand. Very, very important that we, we find out what it is about Joshua. Here is Joshua about to lead his people into the promised land. And uh, I just want to take, some, uh, take a bit of time just to go through some of the qualities of Joshua because Joshua was the man that actually brought the children of Israel into the promised land. And uh, if he did it, I want to find out what it is about his life and apply it to my life so I can too can overcome some of the, uh, some of the wildernesses and, uh, and the limitations in my life. How does that sound? Very good. I rec- I, the answer, I believe, is, is, is just in the chapter for, beforehand, in uh, Joshua chapter 5 and verse 3. Joshua chapter 5, sorry, in verse 13. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho. Jer- Joshua was just taking a little stroll outside of the camp. They were uh, camped in the, in, in the plains there, and Joshua was just carrying a, going out for a little bit of a stroll, just to case out his land, case out his price. <laughs> uh, going to go and have a look at this city. The Bible says the first thing he says here, that he lifted up his eyes and he looked. See, I have given Jericho into your hand. He lifted up his eyes and looked. Two are very, very similar. One of the things about uh, Joshua is he had a, a different perspective on life. He had a different perspective on his circumstance. For you, maybe you may be facing a struggle in your business or your marriage or your, your personal life, and, but your perspective on how you see it is important. It's how you see it's what you see and how you see it. See, for you sitting back, and the seats down there, you're looking at a different perspective. What you see is different from what I see. For those that are sitting at the back, what you see is different from the people at the front. From what I see, uh, my perspective is different from your perspective right now. The people up at the back there, up in the, up in the box office there, their perspective is different again. We can all see the same things, but from different angles, and they look quite a lot, they, they can look very, very different. And so our perspective is very important. At Revelation chapter 4, uh, Jesus, uh, Jesus said, uh, come up here and I will show you some things. Come up here. Come up higher. One of the things about uh, getting past or, or getting over your limitation and seeing it broken off your life is learn to change your perspective. Sometimes you need to get out of the camp and go for a little bit of a walk in case your scenario out. If you're too attached to uh, to, the, to the general crowd, if you're too acha- attached to a whole bunch of whingers and complainers, it will get upon you. You don't completely disconnect at all. Disconnecting is, is not a good thing. But what you've got to do is you've got to take some time to get, a, get aside and take a different perspective on where your situation is. You need to get a different perspective on your business. You need to get a different perspective on your marriage. You need to get a different perspective on your finances. Whatever situation, whatever limiting situation you're in, you've got to have a a different perspective. You've got to have a a God perspective. Look at it from a different angle. Important that you take the time out. Maybe you've got some struggles inside of your heart. Maybe there's some things that you're wrestling with that you, maybe it's education or, or things like that. Take a different perspective. Get out and take yourself into a place where you can see it a bit differently. When you see it differently, you will see uh, from a different angle and uh, your whole perspective will change. Your perspective is everything. The other thing he did was he looked. When you look, when you give something your attention, when you give something your focus, you, have, you start to have authority over it and you have a power over it. For example, if your finances, if you do not look at your finances, then you won't have, any, you won't have authority over it. It will 
They just do its own thing. You've got to look at it. You've got to, uh, you've got to give it your attention. Uh, when Peter and John were entering into the temple and they saw the, the lame man there, one of the first things they did was said, look at us. Give me your attention. Put some focus on it. Take ownership for the situation. Take ownership for the scenario that you find yourself in. If it's in your business, look at your business. Uh, if, it's, if there's things around your heart, take, a, take some time to look in and search your heart to find out what's going on inside there. Don't just ignore it. It's not going to go away. <laughs> Jericho's a big city. <laughs> it wasn't just going to vanish. He looked at it. He lifted his eyes, shifted his perspective, and he looked at the situation. It's, not what you see, it's, just, it's also what you see and how you see it. What you see and how you see it. The Bible says again, we walk by faith. Walking is what? Walking is taking footsteps. One step and another. What if taking footsteps, what does that mean? What that means is you're making decisions. All of us, all of the time, are making decisions. All of us, all of the time. Every day we make big decisions and we make little decisions. All decisions lead somewhere. They lead somewhere. Your decisions will, uh, choices will actually take you somewhere. Where are your choices taking you today? Are you walking by what you see and what you know? Or are you walking by faith, by what you see in your heart, by what God has promised you? Let's walk by faith. Walking by faith is a decision. It's a choice that you and I must make every day. We go on here. It says, he lifted up his eyes, and behold, a man stood opposite him with a sword drawn. <laughs> a man stood opposite him with a sword drawn. Now, as you see, this man is the commander of the Lord's army. But at first, he didn't recognize him as the commander of the Lord's army. He recognized him as, a, as one mean, aggressive-looking soldier with a sword drawn. Here's Joshua. Now, Joshua has wandered 40 years in the desert. He's inside of his prize. He's inside of Jericho. It's just there. And all of a sudden, a man, a big menacing man, uh, turns out and with a sword drawn. Now, I don't know about ladies, but for me, when somebody gets in my way, even if it's like, if there's something that can make you angry, it's block goals. <laughs> block goals. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You're going there, that's my prize, and you're standing in the way, but you've got a big sword. <laughs> and I don't have a big sword. Often we come into a, times in our life where we are so close to our breakthrough, but yet it seems so far away, and all of a sudden, this man is standing there with a sword. With the eyes that we see this man, many of us, when we look at this, uh, I mean, uh, the, this situation, we find ourselves in a situation often where it appears like there is something standing in our way and it looks menacing. Very, very easy to get intimidated. Very easy to get intimidated, whatever that is for you. But this man is standing here with a sword. You look at the attitude of Joshua. For many of us, when we come up against a little bit of pressure, Many people just turn and run. Many people just turn and run. So here Joshua has come up against a, another obstacle. Somebody's standing in the way with a sword. But the Bible says that Joshua went to him. One of the things that we've got to have in our lives, if you want to uh, inherit uh, walking into a new dimension of freedom, is this. That you have, actually have to overcome. You have to push past some things to get there. If you're a parent here today and, and I've got kids and my kids ask me for money and things all the time. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. If you had everything 
that you wanted, just given to you. If you had all your freedom, just given, it, given to you when you wanted it, you wouldn't be the person that you are today. Some of you have had to fight and overcome some things in order to get what you are today, to get the breakthroughs that you've got today. You've had to overcome some things. And so, uh, just like Joshua, Joshua had to overcome some things. Well, the first thing he had to overcome was intimidation. But the Bible says that he went to him. He went to him. A man stood opposite with him with his sword drawn, and so he went to him. Many people would see this with the wrong perspective. Many people thought, think that the, the opposition against us that we feel is our enemy, but actually it's Christ in the middle. There's many times that I've come up against opposition where I've, I've battled things, and when I've come through it, I've discovered that, hey, that wasn't the enemy. That was just Christ right in the middle of it, just calling me out. Come on, man. Calling you out. Calling you out. I want to see what you got in you. Got some fight in your cowboy. Hey? Yeah. What you got inside you? What you got inside you? It's nothing like a little bit of intimidation, a little bit of pressure to see what you really got inside of you. Pressure. Pressure. Pressure's a good thing. So when you see pressure in a different perspective, you will enjoy it. When you see pressure with the perspective that it will make you stronger and that will, you will grow through it and your faith will be enlarged, then you will welcome it. But if you see pressure there to intimidate you, then you'll be crushed by it and you'll never inherit what God has promised for you. You can see the shifting in perspective. So the man says, so Joshua went to him. So the thing about Joshua is this, that he had some fight in him. He had some fight in him. I just, one of my favorite movies is, uh, is The Guardian. And there's this guy there, and, and it's, a, it's a Coast Guard school where they, they go out in hurricane weather and, and, um, and rescue people. They save lives. I love that, saving lives. And, um, and there's this one guy in there, and, and this was his third time through the course. That was a mean-ass course. They were doing some really tough stuff. And all the physical exercises he could do, he, was, he could run, he could swim, uh, he was a good soldier. He could say, yes, sir, no, sir, anything like that. But the one thing he didn't have, uh, he couldn't fight. He couldn't fight his way out of a paper bag. He was strong, he was fit, but he couldn't fight. He didn't have the, the resolve in his heart to fight, but he was committed. He kept on coming back. So one of the, uh, one of the young bucks there, he said, oh, look, I'm going to help you out with this. So he takes him out on a bit of a drive, and they go down to the pub, and they, into, a, uh, into, a Navy, into a Navy pub, and they get him into a fight. Anyway, they, they, they get a bit battered and bruised, but as a result of that, he gets a bit of fight in him, and he passes his course and becomes a, and becomes a, a, a Coast Guard swimmer. The problem was he didn't have any fight in him. The Bible says that the, uh, just, um, about the kingdom of God suffers, kingdom of heaven suffers violent, and the violent take it by force. You and I have got to have a little bit of fight in you. The reason why nobody, uh, there's so many people don't inherit what God has for them is because they don't have any fight. No Rocky Balboa on them. <laughs> There's no determination. So think about Joshua. It showed his determination that even though there was a man standing there in a sword, he was not going to be intimidated by him. He chose not to be intimidated. He chose not to stand down. He chose to go and face the guy down, whoever it was. Man, you're going to go and face down the the commander of the Lord's army, you're gonna have a you're gonna you're gonna have something going for you. You're gonna have a, you're gonna have some fight in you. Yeah. 
There's something about Joshua had some fight in them. The thing about people that they have fight in them, God loves people with a bit of scrap in them. How many people ever not been in a fight? No, don't, don't, don't show me. There's some things that are worth fighting for. You don't fight people, but there are some things that are worth fighting for. The generations, the generations that they follow you, our, our nation, our community, people are worth fighting for and not fighting against. Yeah. People are valuable. Our generations, our children are worth fighting for. The thing about, about Joshua had a determination. Determination is a choice. Determination is where uh, something is determined whether it's going to happen or whether it's not. And it's like a, something's going to give. Something is going to choose. Somebody or something is going to choose to quit at some point, and it's not going to be me. So how much pressure will it take for you to quit? Really. Shows you how much determination you got. You look, about, you look at Peter, for example. Peter gets in the, uh, the going into the garden with Jesus, and he knows there's trouble brewing. The thing about Peter is this. He says to Jesus, Jesus, shall we bring the swords? Hey, you know what? I'm going to fight for you. I don't, I, don't, I, don't care what the, I don't care how many people are there. I don't care if I die. I'm going to fight for you, Jesus. And Jesus saw a man that had a lot of weaknesses, but he saw a man that was prepared to stand up and had a bit of fight in him. Jesus said, oh, yeah. <laughs> thanks, Peter, but we're, we're going to need just a couple will be enough. <laughs> Yeah. You look at David. David, when he ran and faced Goliath, the Bible says that he ran to Goliath. He ran to him. Many people, they, they try and take the sniper approach, and let's see if we can shoot him from a mile away. Undercover. No, 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 no. David went out there with no armor. No, he went out there by himself with no armor. Carried the presence of God. Slew as giant. You've got to have a little bit of fight. If you want to See your marriage come into a place of, of freedom. If you want to see your, your heart, if you want to see your life come into a, a greater dimension of freedom, not just for your own sake, but for your family's sake, you've got to have a little bit of fight in you. I was talking to a, a man last night, and uh, one of the guys in the church, Greg Allen, amazing, uh, just an amazing man of faith. I think he's here somewhere uh, this morning. And he said he's got a 200-year vision for his life. How about that? I ain't going to live for 200 years. But there's things, there's generations, there's family, there's, there's people, there's, there's things that are worth fighting for, there's for, things that are, uh, are worth getting a vision for. Future generations. Uh, in in, in uh, Deuteronomy 30 verse 9, Moses said, as he, as he parted ways, he said, he said, today I put towards you a choice. Today, the choice of life and death, blessing and cursing is before you today. Therefore, choose life that you and your descendants, you and your family, and the generations that follow you, choose life today that you and your family may live. You know what? All of us today face choices whether we stand up and fight, we stand up and lay a hold of, uh, of blessing, we stand up and lay a hold of life that our generations may live, or we choose death. There's going to be conflict all the time. All the time. Don't, don't look for who's right or who's wrong. Look for where do I find life in the relationship. You will, find, you will face decisions every day. Your choices will lead to, lead to life or, and, and, or death or blessing or cursing. One of the main things, that, apart from life itself, that God gave us when we were created was the power to choose, the power to believe. 
When you choose to believe, when you choose that you're going to live in blessing, when you're going to choose that you're going to overcome, there is something that resonates of the kingdom of God. There is something that draws the power of God around your life that supernaturally gives you breakthrough. You have the power of choice. You choose today whether you live in confinement and limitation or you choose today whether you'll come into a place of, of, of blessing and overflowing. You choose you choose whether you're determined. You choose whether you'll, you'll keep pressing in for what God has for you. You choose when you quit. You choose when you stand up and keep fighting. Some people quit too easy. Joshua had, had determination and he had attitude. It wasn't just about the choices that he made, but it was how he made the choices. How he made the choices. Made it with a spirit of faith. You're not standing in my way. You're not standing in the way of my people. I will go through you if I have to. I will die if I have to. I will take you on that my people may live. That's an attitude of faith. What are you fighting for? Do you need somebody to take you out for a bit of a... <laughs> no, I'm just... Oh, I wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't put you in that situation. One of the big things, don't fight God. He's lucky he didn't pick a fight with them because that was the command of the Lord's army. That was Jesus Christ himself, I believe. Don't pick a fight with God. Press into God, but don't pick a fight with God. Don't try and take him on. He's going to whip you. And it goes on to say here, so one, he had, he had a right perspective. Two, he had determination. He had attitude inside of him. Three, Joshua went to him and said, are you on the inside or are you on the outside? Are you on the fun side or are you on the dumb side? Where are you going to stand? Where are you going to stand? And, and the man replied, I am the commander of the Lord's army. And now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face, worshipped him. That's why I know it was, that's why I believe it was, was Jesus Christ himself. Because he wouldn't have worshipped an angel. Angels are not to be worshipped. It was the commander of the Lord's army. I believe that it was, that it was Jesus Christ. And he, he fell on his face and worshipped Jesus. The thing about, uh, about Joshua, yes, he was determined. He had some fight in him. But the same token, he was also able to be humble and obedient. You've got to have a balance in your life. If you are so strong-headed and uh, try and pick a fight with Jesus, you're going to lose. See, Jesus Christ himself was humble enough even to death. And that's why he was risen to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He had the power. He too was determined, but he also was able to humble himself and wash people's feet. He was also able to take and, take and receive instructions. Jesus gave instructions. Jesus obeyed instructions from his Father. The thing about Joshua, he demonstrated humility and obedience. He could command an army, but also be commanded. There was no team talk. There was no, hey, let's talk about this and just discuss the whole concept about falling down. And, and about, Can't we just work as a team on this? No, no, no. <laughs> he fall down. He worshipped, and he worshipped God. The thing about this is um, he worshipped Jesus Christ. See, when you get down and you start to worship Jesus, when you start to get into the presence of God, see, Joshua was a man who, one, had a, had the right perspective. He had, he had the vision. Two, he had the determination and the attitude to go with it. Three, he was, hum, he was humble. He was obedient. 
one of the most powerful things he knew how to worship the Lord. Worship is such a, a powerful thing that you and I can do. When you and I get into prayer, when you and I get into worship, and we start to get into the presence of God, there is something about uh, what happens. There, there is something about the, the wonderful presence of God when you start to become God conscious. You start to become conscious of the glory. You start to become conscious of His presence. And the things of the world, the cares and the troubles of the world can just vanish like that. See, He was worshiping Jesus Christ. He was worshiping the one that takes away reproach. He was the one, worshiping the one. He was in the presence of the one that can lift the burden and and, and, and can set you free. When you get into His presence, when you start to pray, when you start to worship, your perspective will come up to a whole new level. We need Jesus Christ. We need His anointing. We can't do it our own strength. He could have had all those things, but if I believe if he, any one of those ingredients were missed out, it would have cost Him dearly. Make prayer, make worship a habit of your life. You need supernatural power to break through supernatural problems. The one who lives through approach. So he fell on his face, worshipped him. Just as we finish up now. The Bible says in Joshua chapter 5 and verse 9, it says, The Lord said to Joshua, This day, today, everybody say today, right now, right now, Today, I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt off your life. Today, I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt off your family, off the house of Israel. The word reproach means shame. I've taken the way, I've taken the shame. Today, I've rolled away shame off the limitations. Today, I've rolled away the shame of the, of the parts of your life that have been confined and limited as a result of sin. For some of you here today, you've carried the reproach of Egypt. You've carried the reproach of of failings, of shortcomings, of unfavorable comparisons, of of weaknesses, of, of all sorts. Maybe it's in your personal life. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's in your finances. Maybe it's in your belief system. Because of confinement, because of limitations. Maybe it's because that you, uh, you weren't as smart as your brother or your sister. Or you never met up to what your mum or dad hoped you would be. Reproach is shame. But Jesus said to them, as I, as I read these words during the week, I felt tears come into my eyes because I know there's different ones here today as individuals in a church that many of us have carried shame or, or, or reproach for, for limitations or shortcomings that have been upon our lives. But I'm telling you today, whatever it is, whatever limitation that has got around your life, I'm telling you today that God is saying to you, today I'm rolling away the reproach. Today I'm rolling off that shame that's been around your life. Come on, there's something to be, there's something to be, be thankful to the Lord about. Those things that have bothered you, those things that have held you back, today I'm breaking it off your life. Today is a new day for you. Today you're going to walk into a place of promise. Get rid of that shame. Get rid of that reproach. Rise up, young man. Rise up, woman. Rise up, church. Stand up for your family. Stand up for your 
your descendants. Stand up for the community we live in. Stand up for our nation. Stand up for the things that you know are right. Shake off that reproach. Stand up in faith. Shift your perspective. Get some fight in you. It's worth it. Why don't you just stand to your feet right now? Hallelujah, Jesus. Why don't you just lift your hands to the Lord? I want you right now, whatever part of your life, whatever part of your life is in bondage that has had a a limitation or a confinement around it and it's carried shame. Father, today we hear your word. Lord, I speak right now into those, every part of our lives that has carried shame or carried reproach. The reproach of Egypt, the reproach, the shame of limitation. Today we thank you and we thank you for your word that today you say that you lift off that shame. Lord, right now, lift that shame in Jesus' name. Lift the reproach of people's lives right now in Jesus' name. Father, today we focus on you. Lord, we, we see and we shift our focus right now. We shift our perspective. And Lord, we make a decision to see how you see. We make a decision today to, to come up into a, a new perspective and and see how you see. We choose to stay and stand in faith today, Lord. Lord, we choose to get a bit of fight in us today. For some of you, you may need to have a wee bit too much scrap in you. You may need to just humble yourselves a wee bit. Let go of some pride. Lord, today we let go of pride and we allow your hand to come upon and adjust our life. Lord, we thank you for that. For the land that you've promised us today. By faith, Lord, we stand up in that same spirit as Joshua. We lay a hold of our inheritance today. We lay a hold of our promises for our finances, for our, for our businesses, for our families, for our, our children's children, for our children's children's children. Father, for the next, for the generations that follow us, today we stand up and Lord, we break off those limitations and we stand and we lay a hold of the promise, Father, that you have for us in Jesus' name. And everybody said...